How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast. And let's just jump right into today's subject. I know I promised I wasn't going to talk about this, but let's keep talking about Baldur's Gate. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. I know <laughs> I, I know. some people probably expected that I was going to keep talking about it. I did have a chance a little bit to play it today. Uh, I did a, a pretty awesome achievement, but we're not going to talk about that at all. Today, what I do want to address is uh, I just got done watching the vice presidential debate. Uh, here we go. Either he's talking nerdy stuff or he's talking politics. What's going on? Look, guys and girls, <clears throat> we are less than 30 days away from uh, the election. There is a, a lot of stuff going on in America at the moment. There is too much stuff, honestly, for the average American to really contemplate. You know, just to, to put the humor aside for just a second, uh, we have massive, uh, massive levels of unemployment. We have people that are, are still contracting and passing away from COVID-19. We have an international crisis with other countries around the world also struggling with this disease as well. Everyone's um, in a position where uh, militarily, you know, our country's uh, suffering at the moment due to our commander in chief and, and multiple people and the higher echelons of, of military and government um, contracting the disease recently. So there's a, a, a high level of anxiety, I feel like, for society. And so I just first want to address that and say that uh, I, I totally sympathize and empathize with people that are, are struggling at the moment. And trust me, my, my thoughts are always in a position of I, I wish I was in a better position to, to help people. Um, I'm not. I, I look forward to the day that maybe as I get older and I have a, a better position in life where either through my words, my actions, or both, that I'm able to um, help those that, that are in need, especially in times like right now, in times when, you know, life is already very difficult for the average person. But when you throw in a curveball like this, um, that has nothing to do with how prepared you are as a person. I mean, they do argue that financially you should be prepared for certain things for up to like three months. This pandemic has gone on for longer than three months. So even if you were fiscally responsible, you're probably still struggling now, especially if your business and your livelihood is tied to industries that are drastically impacted by a disease like this, including hospitality. I just read a statistic today that actually more and more women, more so than men, are, are losing their jobs um, and, and being impacted more by this pandemic than, than, than men are. There's a lot of different reasons for that, but when I was reading that uh, article, <clears throat> a lot of it made sense line by line, and it's it's sad to see that that's a reality that um, that affects a, a specific sex more so than other individuals. I'm not talking about the disease really um, killing more men than women or women than men. I don't know that statistic personally. I, I looked it up a while ago for my live stream, and I, I think it was more men than women. I'm just talking about the fiscal and psychological responsibilities really tend to lean heavier on women than, than men during this time period, which sucks, you know, being a father for a daughter and, and really my house is, I'm always surrounded by, um, it's two ladies and a man. So the ladies are always going to win the vote and, and I don't mind that as well. Um, 
And I know my daughter's not never going to be in a position to ever have to deal with this. And who knows what the struggles are going to be for the average American 20 years from now when she does enter the workforce or, or does her own entrepreneurial business. That's what I'm hoping more for. But, you know, ultimately it's her decision what she wants to do. Um, and my wife's in a position where she's, uh, she's actually busier now than she was before because she does interpreting. But uh, for a lot of other people out there, they're not in that same position. So again, you know, I, I totally sympathize with that. But outside of all of that, uh, all of this anxiety and all these issues that exist in society, <clears throat> there's something that we all have to address right now. And that is the the people that are supposed to be responsible for essentially crises like these in, in, in moments when the average American cannot be prepared for something like this is the federal government. And so, of course, going back, the election is less than 30 days away. We have two very polarizing candidates. Um, and I, I tend to very much consider myself to be very centrist on a lot of perspectives. I could tend to lean right on certain ideas and I could tend to lean left on, on a lot of ideas as well. My position in life is that I don't really think that anything in life really can stand very black and white. Most things in life aren't black and white. There's very minimal things in our lives that are. Maybe your ethics and and, and those things can be black and white. But I feel even then most people find uh, a middle position in a lot of different things that they do in life where they'll do one thing that they normally would disagree with, but it's because of the underlying facts they had to make a decision like that. And so nothing is as simple as making a yes or no decision because we all know that either decision that you make is going to lead to and open more struggles and opportunities on either side. And so nothing is as simple as saying yes or no. There's more stuff that that leans in on, on those ideas. And so I feel like people try to navigate within a spectrum and and that spectrum is, is a lot of gray where, like I said, they normally would side with a position on one time, but then not on another time. Most people would argue that's very flip floppy, but it's not. It's it's you're trying to address a situation based off of the the the. The circumstances that you have presented to you at that very moment. So I, I never liked this idea of just blanket say, statement saying yes or no. And I, I wish politics really got away from that and more address like what the current issue is and what we could possibly do to address that issue. For instance, I'll get into the vice presidential d- debate uh, in a second. One thing that really bothered me for a long time was this idea that uh, the president um, knew ahead of time just how drastic how impactful this disease could be but his 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 statement was that he didn't want to let the general public know about this because he didn't want them to be afraid look i get that position i understand like maybe if it were i don't know like if it was something that impacted a specific region in america i could i could see that position i could stand by a position like that cuz you don't want to get the whole country riled up if one specific state or a region of the country is being impacted by something that frankly is not in the control of the government, uh, alien invasion, natural disaster, I, you name it, something that's just crazy that the, the government just doesn't prepare for on a daily basis. If you didn't want the rest of the country to know about something like that, okay, great. If you had a pandemic that affected just one state and you could 
definitely quarantine that region and and you want to minimize like the the news coming out of that state very questionable especially in this country but i could see the approach to that but this idea that you're you know that this is not going to be the case and you have a lot of experts that tell you otherwise that this is going to be a disease that's going to be going through america and there are steps that you as the country need to take now and of course like you know that by preparing for something like this a lot of news agencies and a lot of people are going to see that the government's prepping for an uh, an invasion of this disease. The idea of not disclosing that information to the public, I think, is is wrong. I think that the better position would have been to do something like this. And I, I, I've tried to rehearse this in my head a couple of times to see if maybe I wouldn't appreciate this as the average American listening to this on the, on the television. But look, we've had... Multiple instances where the president had to do a national broadcast, either because they've killed a super important terrorist or, I don't know, something bad happened to someone and um, the American people need to know. And so I would do a national broadcast, you know, emergency broadcast. Um, I would get in front of the camera and I would do something similar to this. I would say, um, hello, America, Um, you know. You're all probably wondering why today I, I'm standing in front of you. And honestly, um, there, America's gone through many difficult times. And we've heard recently of, of the situation that's happening in China and um, where essentially big parts of, of the country have been forced into quarantine. And, and now you're starting to hear news that it's go, gone through Europe. And we need to prepare as a country. We need to prepare. This is going to come to America. But if we do what other nations didn't do, where we follow what the science tells us, we understand how infectious diseases spread, a majority of the diseases spread. They spread through contact through one another. We, as of right now, do not know how this disease specifically transmits itself. But preliminarily, it looks like it's spread through uh, water droplets and coughing. And it looks like an airborne form of disease. How it's spread, how long it lingers, how can we kill it? Do we have the medicine for it? These are all underlying questions that I have instructed the CDC, the FDA, and all agencies in America right now to put all of their efforts in trying to figure out and working with our our NATO allies and all our allies around the world to figure out ways to combat this disease and try to better understand it. America... I don't want you to panic. These are going to be very difficult times. What I've been told by experts is that this isn't something that's just going to disappear overnight. This is something that we're going to have to cope with. Some are are stating that this could be as bad as the pandemic of the 1920s. That is a very difficult thing to grasp as, as your leader because I understood how many people have passed away during that pandemic. But one thing I can tell you is that that happened a hundred years ago when we were less educated, we had less technology, and we had uh, a lack of opportunity of, of, of telegraphing information, up-to-date information to the American people. And so my commitment to everyone is that we are going to take the necessary steps to minimize the impact of this disease. So as your president today, I'm, I'm issuing an executive order forcing international travel to the following countries to be stopped. China, Europe, all of that. 
Uh, really, we're only allowing travel right now between North and South America. At all of our international uh, gates, um, I have instructed customs to um, enforce uh, uh, quarantine measures and to test all passengers on flights. Traveling right now is going to be highly not recommended. We have people on cruise ships right now that are infected with this disease. And again, we don't know how lethal of a disease this is. But what we do know right now is that this disease looks like it spreads via airborne. So right now, uh, we've been instructed that minimizing your distance with one another, self-quarantining, and and minimizing your time around others is going to be the most important thing to minimizing the spread of this disease. I am right now also working with Congress, both Republican and Democrats, to figure out a package, an economic package, that would minimize the financial and um, personal impact that this disease is going to have in everyone's lives. Again, like I said, we have no idea how long this is going to last. This could last a month. This could last months. It might even last up to a year. But if we do everything we need to do and we all work together to try to combat this disease, I can promise you that we can minimize the, the length of time that this disease will exist in America. I will do everything in my power and collaboration with the federal government to help those that need the help. And we will make sure that we will overcome this obstacle. Also, moving forward, I will keep everyone up to date on infections and and regions that we need to focus on here in America. Until I get more information, I want America to know that you need to protect one another. You need to respect how powerful this disease is going to be. And if you start to hear news, not again to panic. America's here for you, and we're going to do everything we can to fight this disease. Thank you, and God bless everyone, and have a good night. Why uh, that? I mean, honestly, people might be frightened. People might be like, Hearing that news from the president, they'd probably be like, oh, my God, like this disease is coming to America. That would have been great. Uh, There would have been no way people like starting to freak out on like the economics, their job, all of that. At this point, they would have thought, "Okay, our our government's doing everything they need to do. Okay, don't panic. They're going to keep us up to date on information. All we got from the administration was like hiding. And it seems like the whole time it's been like this agenda of just hiding the numbers, hiding, like hiding, 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 hiding. And like uh, being uh, minimizing the thought of this disease. And, And then you get this conflicting message from media and the government. It didn't need to be that way. I understand like the media and, and, and the current administration have not worked together at all. But the one time if this president really wanted to win re-election would have been six months ago, would have been like, hey, look, I know we don't ever get along. You guys, I are normally associate with fake news. And, and look, I have every right to, to state that based off of some of the stuff that you guys post out there all the time. But right now is not the time we need to work together to get the American people the right news, to get them informed and better prepared for this disease. What the f- what the f? Honestly, it almost feels like as if it's like a special interest that uh, and it, like some people can 
starts to see like this conspiracy theory where like a lot of very wealthy individuals wanted something like this to happen because it seems like it's benefited. I was talking to my wife about this earlier today. I was like, this is very different than the financial crisis of 2008, where that crisis really did impact. I noticed it because uh, we had to make a drive to uh, a doctor's visit, and uh, I was just driving by the Las Vegas Strip, and I was amazed to see that hotels were still being constructed on. They were still being a lot of construction was still happening on the Strip, knowing that in 2008 a lot of banks stopped funding. Um, projects on the strip so a lot of hotels were 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 like halfway built that just got or that were stopped being built and essentially those businesses went bankrupt and so for a long time even to now you would see like uh or like up to like two years ago three years ago like like seven years after the financial crisis seven eight years almost 10 years after the financial crisis you would still see these half-built buildings on the strip and people would always ask, like, what is that? And I'd be like, that's a building that was, you know, being developed during the financial crisis that the company went bankrupt and and couldn't fund the project anymore because banks weren't lending. And I was looking, I was like, everyone knows we're in a financial crisis now and, and these projects are still happening. And I was like, that right there, if that's not a better representation of the issues and the differences between this crisis, this financial crisis and the last one, is that the last financial crisis affected everyone wealthy individuals and not so wealthy individuals. You saw a dip in income. The people that made the fastest recovery were the wealthy people, but they also lost a lot of money during that time period as well. This time around, the people that are suffering the most are like your your middle middle class people and and below. All those people are suffering dramatically whereas the upper echelon of income earners are, you know, this has kind of made a little bit of an impact in their lives and some inconveniences, but not really. Honestly, they're still doing their thing and still having the fun that they want to have. I hear it all the time. I'm from a small retirement town in Florida. My parents own multiple restaurants and bars in that in that area. And, you know, I hear how, how you know, traffic's doing, you know, traffic's doing great. That, that area is pretending it's living the day like as if nothing really changed much. There's some small inconveniences with that businesses have to do, inconveniences that they see. But honestly, like the, the average person living in my in my hometown, it sounds like as if this pandemic is not really affecting them at all. And it, it's just crazy to hear stories like that. Whereas like you hear in other regions where that's not the demographic of people, like more people that are struggling and it's like a demographic of like a middle class, lower middle class region. And those people are struggling. They are struggling hard at the moment. And I, it just, and you see the, the statistics as well, that in the last six months, the top 100 billionaires combined made, an, uh, uh, made on uh, $600 billion plus in the last six months. That's crazy. That means the average billionaire made an extra billion dollars in, in net worth a month since the pandemic started. Then that's insane because it wasn't like that during the first during the two, 2008 financial crisis. But so it, I could see how some people could see this like idea that somehow people wanted this pandemic to happen. They kind of wanted it to happen to to promote their growth and 
to promote like this idea of like minimizing the last bit of competition, which is like small mom and pop locations. And I'll, and every big business knows that they're going to survive one way or the other. Some retail shops and hospitality industries, there's nothing they could do about it. But those industries have always been in a very highly competitive uh, arena. Hospitality, there's always new restaurants and bars always opening up in your area. And retail locations, look, Amazon's a thing. <laughs> Amazon's always been a thing. And so they weren't really prepared for it. But a lot of other large businesses and then uh, travel as well. But everyone else really hasn't taken a massive hit from this pandemic. Not yet, at least. Um which is, which is, you know, saddening to, to see. But anyways, what I was trying to go with with this podcast was I got done watching the, the vice presidential election and I, I, I am not happy about what the next eight years are going to be like because four to eight years, because if either the current administration wins, I'm not going to be a happy camper. I think they failed America. I think they failed when I say America, a vast majority of America are the middle class and lower. There is a small niche of people that are making half a million dollars and up. Very small. I mean, we're talking about 2% of the population. Two, even if we say 5%, which it's not, but 5%. 95% of America is needing help right now, and they're not getting help at the moment. I mean, it's insane that there's politics on both sides that are, are really trying to, you know, play this, this game of, of chicken where, you know, the first side to pull the trigger loses. And it's the stupidest thing. Like people need to help roll out the stimulus packages. They're not going to. So anyways, I feel like the current administration has failed America, but I also feel like the, uh, the opponent, the opposing side I am not happy about either. Honestly, like watching the debates, I'm not a big fan of, of Kamala Harris. Uh, I think she's very flip-floppy. Um, it, it really sucks to see that we don't really have candidates that just have a backbone that can't just go up and say, look, I disagree with my opponent or like with my um, with the president on a lot of different things. And I still do. But I think that's a good thing for America. We need two different sides of a lot of different things. So because the president needs to be surrounded by people that disagree with him on a lot of different ideas so he can get the full spectrum that's healthy for America. There's nothing wrong with that. Instead, we get this idea that like Kamala Harris disagreed with the president, you know, during the campaign uh, the, or the Democratic uh, primaries and all the way up until she got picked for a VP spot. And then, like, it was like, oh, none of that stuff matters. Like, we're all buddy-buddy. We're all good friends. That's just so stupid. It's so, it's, like, no one agrees with that perspective. And, look, I, I have to I have to speak for Kamala Harris because I really don't think Biden's going to last eight, two terms. So either he's going to pass in his first term and Kamala Harris takes over or... I don't know the, the Democrats develop a backbone or a, a, there's a strong third party that develops and they go against, but most people don't run against the, the sitting president. And so that means I have to hope for the Republican side that they're going to, you know, bring up a good uh, candidate to go against Biden 
And I don't really think they are because right now the Republicans are, are siding with this perspective that they need to ride out the, the base of Trump and they need to listen to um, what his voters want. But honestly, his base is not that big of people. Like the people that have been gun ho Trump, 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 Trump are like a very minute portion of the entirety of the Republican Party. But they're the loudest. And and it's the same thing for the Democratic Party as well. There is a small bit of people that are extreme leftists that want to just um, make America like this like insane communist socialist country. And I don't side with that perspective, but they are also the loudest individuals. I do respect some of their thoughts and, and solutions to certain problems, and I think we can we can bring that into our current politics. Look. Medicare, Medicaid, um, the the um, man. Why am I forgetting that right now? What is the name of that? Anyways, uh, like Social Security, um, all of those things were considered socialist programs. But nowadays, anyone bring up the idea of ending Medicare or ending Social Security? And you're going to lose your election immediately because no one wants to see Social Security disappear. Those are technically social programs, though, um, that we pay into with our tax money. So this idea that we can't incorporate certain ideas from from a socialist perspective is really stupid. I mean, we can listen to everyone's side and kind of understand where America is and what it needs and just pull from one another. This idea that we can't collaborate and 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 see through our disagreements and see that for the country, one system is better for it than the other is really insane. I don't know. That's why I, I, I'm, I'm done. And I've talked about this in a past podcast. I'm done with the two party system. It needs to end. It is horrible for America. And if, if the current presidential election doesn't show you that, I mean, I don't know what will we need to end the electoral. We need to end the two party system. We need to, to make it a popular system where everyone votes for the one candidate out of a bunch of candidates that they think is going to support America. But honestly, we're not going to see that for a long time um, because they're, they're just so corrupt. They really are. Both parties are just so corrupt. But anyways, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I really don't know. Just like when I was listening to the VP debate, I was like. I was listening to the potential next president because I don't know if Biden's going to last. And then I was listening to the Pence and just listening to garbage. Like literally, you you could just see through the lies with just the actions, the results of what's going on in this country right now. What you're speaking is complete nonsense. You guys haven't done anything for the average American. And there are countless people struggling right now. And no one's taking the time to to listen and hear America at the moment. No one. Everyone's more focused on the president being uh, catching COVID-19 and uh, the election and the, the Supreme Court nominee that's replacing Ruth uh, Ginsburg. It's insane. Honestly, it's insane. Like instead of like caring about the average American, that's what's on the news all the time from the media, from the uh, from politicians, from everyone. It's so saddening. It really is. It makes you wonder if anyone really is going to help those people or are they just going to wait until 
Everyone's foreclosing. Everyone's on living on the streets. We have a worse homeless crisis. Is that when we're going to start caring for it? Like when it's already too late? I don't know. It's it's just ridiculous. But anyways, um, I know like I, I've been saying that I want to make this podcast positive. Look, it's very difficult to do that. And like the personal slash world issues that's going on at the moment, I will do my best. I wanted to, to make it funny at the very beginning, but uh, I felt like this is a subject that just you need to address sometimes seriously. But it will get better. I promise. It always, you know, as long as I've lived, it's gotten better. Um, so, but I mean, but that's a different subject for another time too. It's like, you know, maybe it's, it's fine for me, but at the same time, like it hasn't been fine since I was born for a lot of classes of individuals. And, and so they need the help. They need to change. And People just need to stop being so selfish. Like, let's just help people. The more we help people, the more it helps us in the future. Like, the more people that have more money, the more if you're an entrepreneur, those people are going to have access to wealth to buy your products and goods and services and everything. Like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Why do we want people to be impoverished? Why don't we want people to all be wealthy? If everyone was wealthy, then everyone would be more wealthier. It's just insane. I don't get it. But anyways... Thank you guys so much for listening to me rant about this subject and I will catch you guys manana. Peace.